0: Hello and welcome to Plot Trists. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing Forged by Desire by Beck McMaster. So this was published in 2014 and is the fourth in the London Steampunk series.
1: And we have reviewed all of the previous books in the series for the podcast, so you can go back and listen to those if you want to know how we got here. As usual, when we review series, we'll do our best not to spoil this book, but the previous books in the series are fair game.
0: Yeah, and that... That said, this isn't a typical romance series where each book can be read as a standalone. I feel like this really benefits from reading them in order.
1: Yes, especially this one.
0: Yes, agreed. So uh, let's get into that jacket lane. Of fear she can't escape. Nine years ago, Perry fled her thrall contract to find sanctuary among the Nighthawks. In that time, she's become a respected member of the Guard, and she's wanted Garrett Reed for as long as she can remember. But when a new case takes a chillingly familiar turn, Perry finds herself once again in the path of a madman. Only this time, there's nowhere left to run.
1: A desire that can't be tempered. Out of their depth and racing against time. Perry and Garrett must learn to trust the desire sparking between them or risk losing themselves forever to the darkness stalking London streets. Um, yeah, this jacket is a nothing burger.
0: Yes, it's um, doesn't I mean, guys, in case you were wondering, Garrett and Perry are gonna get together, however, um, so Garrett is the captain of the Nighthawks
1: who replaced the guy in the previous books. Perry is the only woman Nighthawk and one of two known female vampires.
0: She also, has... I was going to say, did you know that the Nighthawks were vampire slain? Yeah, um, she has... I feel like the other books in the series have not done a good job describing
1: the supernatural paranormal steampunk world. Agreed. But this book doesn't even
0: describe the plot. Nope. Like, this is bad. Yeah, there's a case. A case. So, so I I mean, I guess they're like, these are policemen. Why are they
1: racing against time? They're out of their depths, Lane. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that entire second paragraph is just trite sayings.
0: The whole thing, yeah, all put together. They, They must learn to trust the desire sparking between them. Why? Why do they need to trust that?
1: And what darkness stalking London streets are they losing themselves to?
0: Also, that is not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was inaccurate. Did not happen in this book.
1: <laughs> like, I'm just so confused. <laughs> so anyway, oh. throw out that jacket. It's terrible. We did a better job with our random number of 32. So Meg, what was your 32-word summary?
0: Perry's hopelessly in love with Garrett, but she was just another colleague to him. Until she showed up looking good in a red dress and they foiled a terrorist attack together. So your summary is really their relationship in the previous book. That's actually true. As I was writing it, I was like, this is actually the summary for the prologue. (laughs) But I don't hate that because it
1: is better at setting up the conflict um, than the actual jacket. Yeah. How about yours, Lane? The only female mercenary has a secret past as a lady and is totally in love with her new boss. And he
0: finally sees her as a desirable woman, but is dying. Yeah, I mean, yours does a very, very good job of setting up the plot. Without really spoiling much. Without really spoiling much and also... We also did a very poor job of explaining that they're vampires, so sorry guys. Yeah, but this is book four. I mean, at a certain point. <laughs> I I I mean, yes, I don't know. I just feel like I, I feel like there should be maybe an intro paragraph for each of them that's like in a world where the blue bloods are vampires, you know. But I hate that. Well, I know, but I still think it would it would at least help. I mean, or like I don't know, throw in a line about it's his craving for her body or her
1: blood. Yeah. Right? That gets across right. that he's a vampire and actually gets
0: closer to the actual friggin' conflict. Also true. I'm I'm just looking up I'm just okay. So I'm looking up famous vampire series to see how the heck they talked about it in the fourth book, which you you know, would have had to you would assume that you would read it. So um, obviously that would be breaking down. And, I mean, look, what, say what you will about Twilight. This is how the jacket starts. To be irrevocably in love with a vampire is both fantasy and nightmare woven into a dangerously heightened reality for Bella Swan. No, I mean, I don't think
1: the quality of a jacket ever really represents the quality of the book. And that's, that's what makes you so mad. That's, except for Tessa Dare, who is both the best author and somehow has the best jackets true but other than that i i often feel like we complain about jackets for the books we like the most
0: that's true i i think we're complaining about it too because i feel like it's so generic that someone who picked this book up might not take it home and read it because they were like well i don't know what that means i'm going to reread the last paragraph which is
1: only one sentence again out of their depth and racing against time Main characters must learn to trust the desire sparking between them or risk losing themselves forever to the darkness. Yeah. Yeah. That is the most generic series of words put together
0: that anyone trying to write a thriller romance could imagine. Yeah. I do like the book jacket, although she has long hair, which... You mean the cover. Yes, I'm sorry. I do like the cover of the book, although she does have long hair in the cover. I, anyway, whatever. We, she we does ask- wear a shitty wig in one scene. Yes, she does. I mean,
1: yes, she does. Meg has short hair and wants a sexy short-haired heroine on her cover.
0: There are no covers with short hair guys. <laughs> Even if the woman has short hair. If you follow us on Instagram, if you have ever seen <laughs> the step back for Surrender by Amanda Quick, It's a great step back it's very fun the woman in that book has short hair she has a short hair regency style and she has long hair in the whole step back and every time every time i see it i'm really annoyed uh okay tropes what are the tropes of this book lane i went a little crazy in this section i don't know if you noticed (laughs) all right i will start with my trope because i don't behind the scenes secrets guys i pick up the main tropes usually but not like the extra ones so the main trouble of this book is friends to lovers, and I would add with a subtext of workplace romance. Correct. Uh, it, it's it's the it's very typical friends to lovers in that she's trying to hide her love for him because if he knows, then you know that would be the end of their friendship. The way that it is, right? I mean, isn't that the conflict of every friends to lovers? Well, almost every.
1: Yeah, especially when it's one person's known all along and the other hasn't. Exactly. Um, and they have been working together for the last nine years as partners on the force. But in the last month, he has basically been promoted.
0: He, so this, he, yeah, he's almost been promoted. And he also almost died in the last book.
1: Right. So a lot of things have forced their relationship to sort of change mm-hmm. in the last book into this book. And there's only about a month not even between the two books, right um and so there's not a whole lot of employer subordinate tension because they were peers for a really long time, but there is some concern for like we work together, of course, we care about each other type
0: tensions mhm i mean there it's it's a whole law and order special victims unit thing, like they're partners, but does that lead to more, you know? <laughs> They date on Special Victims Unit? No, they didn't. But there was always, I don't know. Everyone's always like, "Oh, are they?" There was always like that tension. There, the was, there was only sexual tension.
1: The only thing I know about Special Victims Unit is Taylor Swift named one of her cats after the lead cop.
0: Oh, Mariska Hargitay. Yes, she's amazing. I love Mariska. What's what's the the
1: character's name?
0: Olivia Benson. Yes, the cat's name is Olivia Benson. (laughs) (laughs) The only reason to watch SVU is Mariska Hardaway. FYI, guys, she's amazing. Uh, Okay. Um, So
1: the... Perry, the female lead who had her oh my God, I wear a dress moment in the last book, is um, living with a secret identity. Mm -hmm. And that secret identity um, is... A fake name taken from a significant identifier from her real life. And I don't know why everyone with a secret identity does this, but it's real dumb. But I didn't find it here because it was fun.
0: Because it was fun. So remember I said Garrett almost died in the last book? Because he did. Um, he had a revelation and
1: well she had the revelation when he almost died well yes but then in this book she almost dies
0: she almost dies and he has a revelation so lots of revelations going on there are so many near-death experience revelations it's actually sort of hard to keep them straight it is to be fair they are they are cops and have a very dangerous job and they're vampires so it's hard to kill them
1: but somehow it almost happens for both of them.
0: Right. It almost happens, but they recover. So yes. that, what I'm, I don't know. I, I, I was like, I'm cool with it.
1: <laughs> um, she is your prototypical really badass woman paralyzed by one thing. Mm-hmm. And this is a trope, not just in this sort of supernatural cop drama romance. I feel like so often, even in historicals, we have like, the capable older sister who does everything for her family but has this one deep-seated fear of, like, carriages because that's how her parents died.
0: <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. You can't use the plot of Devil's Bride for every example, Lane. Or I can. <laughs> Counterpoint. No, you're right. She, she, I mean, she's amazing. I actually really like Perry a lot. But she, this book revolves around... Her weakness and how she deals with it. And I will say it was probably my least favorite part of the book.
1: It was my least favorite part of their romance for sure.
0: Yeah. So so she is there under a secret identity. But it turns out that somebody knew the secret all along. And I loved it. So I much. loved it
1: too and I think I'm reading I don't know if I'm reading things into this that Beck McMaster didn't want me to Mm -hmm. but I sort of love the implication that this one person sort of was onto her all along Mm -hmm. and the crumbs he left for others to follow. Mm
0: -hmm. I, I, I think you're picking up what McMaster put down so I don't think you're reading too much into it because I also thought it was the same thing and I loved it. And I think it may possibly because I love that other character so much, but I loved it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're so easy. Um, this whole series has had an undercurrent of oh my god, like fated soulmate. You respond yes. to your person so much differently because of your vampire senses, and this is like for plot reasons that are made clear in the. Ch- First chapter, so I don't feel bad spoiling it. Part of what saved Sir his life, Garrett. Garrett, part of what saved Garrett's life in the third book was his craving virus levels, and we've gone into lots of detail about that in previous reviews, spiked. And so he's now like super vampiric. He's close to the fade, guys. Yeah, so he's like super vampiric. I'm going with that. And he is very afraid that that like increased lust for blood will potentially make him a risk to any sexual partners, but specifically to Perry. And so, but then everyone's like, "Oh my God, no! Your true soulmate, even your darkest
0: part, knows not to hurt." Yeah. Like, okay, fine. Yeah, I totally buy into this. Whatever. I mean, it's really stupid, but it's also why you read a vampire books. So. Eating it up with a goddamn spoon. Exactly. The end of the book. I I don't want to spoil it, but it. I will just say it's like it's like a superhero movie where they're all doing things separately during the movie, but at the end they're like, we must unite. You yeah. Know? So basically, you can think unite. of the first the first four books in this movie are like
1: Iron Man, the Hulk, Captain America, Thor, right. and then the last like. Five chapters are Avengers.
0: Exactly. Correct. Thank you. That,
1: That made much more sense. Spoiler free version of saying like, this is the like reunion episode prior to the taking down of the big bad, which does not happen in this book. Nope. Oh, this is one of my favorite tropes. So Um, You see this all the friggin' time with characters who have known each other for a long time. I think in historicals, it most typically happens with characters who are raised together in some capacity. Mm -hmm. But either someone or themselves, like, they make a comment of, like, whatever, you're not my dad. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not your brother either. Or like, oh my god, he's like your brother. No. Yes. This has a lot of that because these two characters have worked together for so long and are so protective of each other Mm -hmm. that anytime, like, a potential for, like, oh, it's like a familial relationship, one where both of them is like, no, gross.
0: Yeah. But, and then there's, it also comes in again, too, actually with Garrett and his mentor. Because Garrett is like, he's not like my dad. He's not a father figure. (laughs) But he is.
1: He might have some daddy issues, but they're not really that relevant to the text. Oh my God, that said, other trope, Garrett had a mother who was t- mistreated by society and mm-hmm. he sees like his mother in every dead woman he finds.
0: This is like, this is not a romance trope, but it is such a cop movie trope, isn't it? I was going to
1: say, it, like, yeah, it's not so much a romance, but yes, such a cop trope. Yeah.
0: And then there is um good bisex. I feel like they have a good bisex about a million times but also sort of suburbated because the first
1: time she goes to have goodbye sex with him he's like I will get you off but we are not having sex until you're honest about what's happening here and she's like no <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's that but then also but then there's
1: future actual goodbye sex like more actual
0: goodbye sex but then there's another goodbye sex that's not goodbye sex it's like it's like farewell to the person that I used to be or something. <laughs> sex.
1: You know how, so I have this one friend who like the only thing he remembers from our high school English class is that water is a purifying element in literature. And if we're ever in a movie to theater together and there's a rain scene, he'll lean over and whisper water is a purifying element in literature. It's like the one thing he retained. I feel like this book replaced water and rain with sex. Mm-hmm. Like, sex is their purification through this whole book.
0: Although, spoiler alert, guys, there is a sex scene in the rain. So take it up a notch. Double down. (laughs) Or double down, you know, either way. (laughs) Boom. All right. What did you think about this book? Uh, Okay. Yeah. I I liked a lot of things about it. Same. I
1: did feel like the non-romance elements of the plot with the bringing like Avengers assemble
0: mm-hmm.
1: I needed a little bit more from that if I were actually like this is the book that really takes it from standalone supernatural romance novels to and this is what it's all been building toward and I didn't feel like that worked as well as I wish it did that said it worked well enough that I'm really excited to see how
0: it all ends hmm I I really I really like that part but thinking about it you're right it probably wasn't super earned on the other hand I liked it enough that I could overlook it
1: like there are literally characters who are part of Avengers Assemble who do not show up until the last act Mm -hmm. and they're not even really alluded to so and more than that for me the big bad of this book isn't the big bad of the series which makes sense you don't take down the big bad of the series in the second to last book but I wanted the relationship between them to be a little more explicit yeah like I don't quite understand they come to some realizations about the big bad of the series in this book that I felt like were implied in earlier books like I I saw this coming Mm -hmm. but I expected there to be more to catalyze the decision right than there was there really wasn't a catalyst in the way I was expecting yeah sorry I'm being so vague guys but I really don't want to spoil it
0: that's I was like we can't I feel like we can't talk about it with a lot more detail because if if you are interested in reading these books and I think you should because they're really really good and really really fun I I don't want you to be like oh this is the part they were talking about you know yeah. So I do really like the very beginning of this book, which <sighs> is basically what I wrote my summary on. So this, Oh my god, it was so sexy. It was really sexy. Until but also,
1: all the blood happened.
0: Yes. But it was again, this is like I have said this in previous reviews of these books. Um so I just want to reiterate I I think we're using so many um, film metaphors or film references because these books are really cinematic. So the beginning of this book is, it's just, it's either the first chapter or the, or the prologue um, is it's really a scene from the, the third novel, but from a different perspective. And so you're kind of watching it and you're like, yes, so this is what was happening when everything else was going down. This is awesome. And then it takes a turn and it actually turns into like a literal mirror scare. And then he and wakes a up.
1: literal like dream fake out, which yeah, I think is like fake. a trope. Open a book with a with a dream sequence.
0: Uh, yes. Sorry. I was like, if I didn't hear you, probably they won't be able to. Two shot J.R. <laughs> so anyway, I love the way that it starts because it does kind of fake you out. And then you're like, oh, what has been going on? I don't know. It, it's, it's a really great payoff for the third book, in my opinion. It starts the book off with a bang, and it makes you really want to figure out what is actually going on in this book. Loved it. Totally agree. I also really liked Garrett. So Garrett is, ve- like, very angsty throughout this book. Basically, like Lane talked about in the trope section – He is, he's close to the fade, which means he's more, he's a more dangerous vampire. And also, in this world, if you get to, I forget the percentage, 70% maybe, of your craving virus levels, then you basically have to report and get yourself killed. You have to report for execution. Otherwise, you become a vampire and kill everyone. So he. He's like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to die soon, basically. So he knows he's going to be dying soon. He's got this hefty dose of existential anxiety. He's also getting used to this new job, which he took over for the previous um, boss of the, the Nighthawks. But of course, the person he's taking over for was his father figure and mentor who is now estranged from him. Because of his actions in the last book. So he's taking over this new job. That he doesn't feel qualified for. Doesn't feel like he can do a great job. And his best support system. Has has been taken away as well. And he's just realized. That he's in love with Perry. So he's got a lot. That he's got to deal with. And I like loved how angsty he was. Because I was like yeah. I would be feeling the same way. But it's funny because he's not that angsty. or like I shouldn't say that. It's angsty but it's not melancholic. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. He, he's the guy who's like, okay, I have three months to live. I want to make the most of them, but I also don't want to hurt anyone in the process. Well, and you compound his angst with the thing he is most afraid of, as is revealed in the prologue, is hurting Perry. Mm-hmm. So basically I was I was into Garrett's angst. I do wish he'd confided in more people earlier about what was going on. I I I don't disagree because I always like communication. At least on his health front, and I don't just mean with Perry. Yeah. I I just I guess I can I felt like it was plausible that he would be hiding it.
1: I have to mull on that more. Yeah. I I think I yeah. found it hard to believe just because we saw how closely watched Jasper was in the previous book
0: mm-hmm.
1: and how closely monitored Garrett was following his incident that I I guess I didn't think keeping it a secret was possible.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean... I I don't know if the the ability to keep it secret was plausible. I don't know. But his motivations, I was like, oh, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, I guess I'm just, from, like, my rational cop types,
1: I'm expecting a little bit more getting in front of the problem yeah. and a little less. I'm just going to pretend
0: this isn't happening. <laughs> I mean, yes, but he's also just in denial about a lot of things. I don't know. Perry is, um not Perry, Garrett is... He's just dealing with a lot of shit and he's probably not doing it in the best way, Mm -hmm. but I I felt a lot of sympathy for him. (laughs) I will say Meg and I have talked a lot about
1: how flashback structure isn't our favorite and Sherry Thomas is like the only person who consistently does it in a way that we both melt for. Could have used a little of it here. Um, they do a lot of talking about the people they've been in the relationship they've had in the last nine years. Mm -hmm. But the reality is both these characters are really only introduced in book three when Garrett's sustaining life-threatening injuries. And I do think a little more of a sense of their relationship prior to that would have eliminated the need for a lot of the exposition that happened in this book. Like we were told often how easy their relationship was And how good she used to be at hiding her feelings, but like never actually saw that. Mm -hmm. So it's a huge criticism. I think I, I understood and believed the evolution in their relationship without it. But I actually think a couple of scenes, maybe even in the previous book, I don't think it necessarily has to be Sherry Thomas flashback structure, but knowing this, the fact that they're the main couple of this book, I would have appreciated a little more buddy cop. SVU. Prior to this book ratcheting it up.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, side note, there is actually a novella that is set, that is a buddy cop thing. So we're not reviewing it because there's no, there's no romance in it. It's basically just Perry pining for Garrett the whole time. But if you're interested in their relationship, you can read the novella. I'm mad I didn't read the novella. I'm sorry. I should have told you. It's on okay. my Kindle. You can read it. Okay, that makes it better. Okay, read it when I have one me. of Meg's Kindles, everyone. So
1: that's <laughs> why would make sense, that I get it.
0: Secrets, uh, secrets out. <laughs> uh, all right. So, so I loved Garrett's angst. Um, I loved their relationship. Although you're right, it might it might have been nice to have to have seen. It might have been nice to have had more of the pining Perry hiding her feelings. And less of the Garrett trying to hide his feelings. I mean, it might be in the novella, so I might have just criticized something for not existing, but it totally exists. Yeah, but if it's not in this book, then you, you want it. You know, if you felt it was lacking, you, you felt it was lacking. Totally fair to say. Um, the one thing that did bug me a lot about the this book was that the was that Perry has Perry has a secret. Uh, and not only is it a secret about her identity and about her past, it also turns out that it's a secret about something that they're investigating right now. So basically, yes, she could crack this case wide open if she just told them about it. And for the record, cracking the case wide open would likely save lives.
1: Yes. And Perry knows that. That was my frustration. I didn't understand quite why she was so obsessed with not revealing her identity or what risk she thought that potentially posed i could have bought that a lot easier i don't buy that someone who's been through the specific trauma she has and has worked for the last nine years on like an elite investigative force would not have understood the need to somehow share the information exactly maybe reveal her past but she absolutely should have come up with an idea
0: for attempting to save some of these girls exactly so that that was really frustrating. So if I found Garrett's secretiveness plausible, like his motivations, did not feel the same way about Perry. Totally agree. But eventually she does come clean and then I like the book more. So I don't know. It's late though it's it's late this is another thing we've talked about with beck mcmaster at least with these books specifically is that they're they're pretty long they're pretty lengthy and i feel like some of it could have been cut out you know this one was more succinct than i feel like the others have been
1: but i just i really needed her to at the very least communicate what she knew about the case faster. Even if that didn't lead to her opening up to Garrett, which I still think it should have organically, like the fact that she didn't even say, I think there is a case in the books. And be like, I'm not going to tell them that it's a case I was involved in. I'm not going to reveal it. But at the
0: very least, I'm going to pull the file. Yeah. But and that's the thing, too. She I mean, she's been in love with Garrett for almost a decade. And she trusts him like they've been partners for almost a decade. She really does. Uh, according to according to Perry, she really trusts him with her life. She trusts him more than anyone else. She could have gone to him in private and said, look, I'm going to tell you something you can't tell anyone. You know, and I can't tell about. you why I know. Yeah. Pull this case. Yeah, I think it's relevant. Exactly. Um, that said. I really loved the final duel. So there's a duel in this book, guys, and I loved I loved it. Oh, there's a duel in all the fucking books. <laughs> yes. yeah. There's a duel in all of them except the second book. Yes. So all the ones about vampires. All the vampire books have duels in them. I really liked the duel. I, and I, you know what? I have liked the duels in these books. And this is coming from a person who doesn't love duels. But these duels are... They're not the same as like Regency duels about women's honor.
1: No, no, no. These aren't like two dumb drunk boys pointing pistols at each other in a field. These are like government sanctioned claims on actual power. With rapiers.
0: Not yes. guns. Um, I, I don't want to spoil it. So I will simply say that I loved it. I loved the entire ending. All of it, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Avengers Assemble! Okay. <laughs> Did you think anything that's offensive about this book?
1: I mean, the victims of the murder they're investigating are all women who are being exploited within society. Mm-hmm. And we've talked a lot about the parallels between blood and sex. This book tends to go a little less hard on the sexual violence against women but because it has
0: blood violence against women
1: as a metaphor yeah
0: yeah i feel like we talk about this every single time we read one of these books um perry gets kidnapped by someone who is going to force her to give blood but he it it explicitly is never going to force her to have sex so he just wants her blood on the other hand like lane said giving blood means you're having sex with someone like it's very it's a sexual metaphor so at the same time you're like okay he's not gonna like rape her with his body he's just going to take her blood without her consent and force her to drink his yeah yes it (laughs) was weird you guys it was weird but um i liked how she got around it i'll just say that so much i loved it so much lane i loved
1: it perry was amazing I loved it. <laughs> um, there this is obviously a bloody violent series. Meg cares a lot more about that than I do. Yes. I will say this one got close to first book territory for me. Not with the actual sex acts, but with the mm-hmm. sex fantasies involving blood. hmm I got a little queasy in some moments that I think I was supposed to think were
0: kinda hot. Yeah. I am not gonna dispute that. I did not get queasy, but I, I did not think it was like sexy. I don't know. I'm,
1: um, and maybe it's the whole army hammer thing, but I'm just really nauseated right now by like <laughs> violence and sex.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, other than that part, was it sexy? This
1: one was more sexual tension than sex. I agree. Like their first kiss came
0: late. There there was a part they didn't even kiss, but he like frisks her in an alley. No, she frisks him. Excuse me. She frisks him. And of course, oh God, I can't believe we didn't mention this. They're nighthawks, they wear leather armor all the time. They just wear leather pants and leather shirts and leather armor. Everything is leather. And I was into it. Oh no,
1: it's like sexy as I'll get out. But yeah, there. This book, I think, more than even the previous ones, is about like resisting an urge, mm-hmm. and it works very well in the text. Like he's having real great dreams, and she's frisking him in an alley, and there's a whole lot of the like realizing you need a person, but it actually ended up meaning that they. He, not, not just the sex But like any actual physical intimacy Even just kisses Ended up coming in like real angsty moments
0: mm-hmm. I don't I don't, always I don't hate it angst, But yeah when you do it right I'll read it And what Meg means by right is female orgasm Prioritized Where's the lie lane <laughs> There isn't one I'm translating you <laughs> Uh, also, is this the first woman vampire who sucks a man's blood? I think it is yeah, in this there's only two female vampires in the whole fucking universe. It's true, but and this other one's
1: the heroine of the
0: next book i i yeah, I don't know i just I do feel like at least in the other books, it was like this very masculine thing mm-hmm. for some reason, and here he was i don't know it was forced blood not the blood part. But the fact that he's like, here, take what you need. I was like, yeah. I get what you're getting
1: at. I don't like the blood.
0: It was it was it is blood though. What she needs is blood because she's a vampire. <laughs> so it is hard to separate them. I just I don't
1: know. He's like handing her a knife and cutting his clavicle. And he's like, oh my God, yes. And I understand also because the whole beginning of the book, he's afraid of hurting her or killing her or taking her blood or like whatever. So I understand what was supposed to be symbolically communicated by her sucking his blood
0: instead of the reverse. It was gross. It was still someone sucking someone's blood. I mean, yeah. And I I
1: never have to read tasting my blood on their lips again it's too
0: it's just so nauseating (laughs) one more book one more book oh fine but the um I will say that the 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 sex scene that we're talking about is also very hot though because they're like outside in the rain and she's wearing this like oh guys if you're wondering
1: if it's an orange wreath yes
0: it (laughs) is and she's wearing this like Elaborate ball gown that she's just ruining. Which normally I would be like, no, you're ruining the gown. But here I was like, yes. And like, it's
1: against a brick wall. They're standing. It's a lot of things that done poorly could communicate a lot of things. I'm not super fond of. But I totally was like, yeah, you guys get it rough. Mhm. Which is
0: whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Basically, I think by the end, we were real believers in the Perry-Garrett pairing. I think yes. that was too many, like, P's and R's all in one sentence. We were really into them together. I was going to say, what would you call them?
1: Parrot? <laughs> <laughs> Gary? <laughs> Gary!
0: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. Guys, <laughs> do not put us in charge of the portmanteaus. We're very bad at it.
0: I mean, we just call it the pairing. The pairing. There's no Garrett in there. Good Garrett pairing. Good. <laughs> Not how Portmanteau works. Okay, guys, Meg is fired from the Portmanteau party. I, I have never claimed to be good at that stuff. Like, you name all. You have all the good names for things. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we'd love it if you would rate, review, subscribe, and check us out around the internet. Like on Instagram at Plottris or in Goodreads slash Slatterist.